Welcome home. You are watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad to have you in the house today. And I'm so glad that you are taking some time to get into the Word of God because this is where change comes from. This is where answers come from. It's in knowing what God has said about you. And every time you and I open the Word of God together, we are quite literally reading God's mind. These are his thoughts. They are his thoughts that became his words, his words given by his spirit through his men, through his women. And we have them now in our lives. And aren't we so thankful? Aren't we so grateful to know the mind of God? We don't have to be guessing. We don't have to be taking stabs in the dark at it. We can open this word, find out what he says, find out what he thinks, believe it, put faith in it and walk it out. And that's the life that you and I are called to live. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast today. Let's pray. We'll get right into the word together. Father, we love you and worship you. Lord, we are. We are so truly thankful for your word. We come before your word today with open eyes, open ears, open hearts, ready to see, to hear, to understand things from your word that will set us free, bring change into our lives, change us from the inside out. And Lord, I know there's an anointing on your word today. I know that there's an anointing on your word to remove burdens and destroy yokes, things that have been on your people for way too long. In Jesus' name, they're coming off today. We thank you for it. Father, I pray over this television congregation that's watching all over the world. And I ask you, Lord, to open up their heart, open up their home, and give us access by your spirit, by your grace, and through your word into their lives. We believe that we receive these good things done for us by you through Jesus. And we praise you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I want you to get your Bible. We're going to start something on this broadcast today that I believe is going to carry us into the next several broadcasts. And if you can, if it's where you can, open your Bible with me to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. We go in Old Testament today. Jeremiah chapter 31. But here's the great news. I'm going to kind of give something away right here. I don't care if you're reading Old Testament, New Testament, back of the book, front of the book, or anywhere in between. Jesus is there on every page. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus is on every page. He is a mystery hidden, not from you, but one hidden for you. And it is your delight and mine to search out the scriptures and to find him. And then to be like the psalmist who said, I rejoice at your word, like he who has found a great spoil or a great treasure, like somebody out there just walking along and come across a life changing treasure. That's the way we've got to rejoice when we see Jesus in the word of God. So Jeremiah chapter 31, and I want to read several verses here together, beginning in verse 10, all the way down through verse 14. Now I'm, in, I'm inviting you on this broadcast today and over the next several weeks to come, this is going to sound funny, but bear, bear with me, hear me out. Come get stuck with me. I don't know if you've ever been stuck specifically in scripture, where you come across something and maybe it just catches your attention. It catches your focus in a way that it hasn't before. Maybe it was something you'd seen or maybe it's something you'd never seen, but for whatever reason, it just sort of grabbed a hold of you. And day after day, you just kept coming back to that same place in the word and coming back and coming back and coming back. You're stuck. 
You're stuck in scripture. And I know that doesn't necessarily sound like a good thing, but there's no better place to be stuck than in the word of God. Because when you get into a place like that and it's grabbing a hold of you, just go with it, man. Just let the Holy Spirit dive into this scripture with you and to take you into a deep place in it and to open your eyes just like we prayed, open your ears and your heart like we prayed and came into agreement on and let him, like we've already said, show you Jesus in this. Now I'm gonna tell you something in Jeremiah chapter 31 in these verses that we're getting ready to look at together, I have been stuck like in thick mud for weeks and weeks because I just can't get past it. And there is no place I'd rather be stuck than in the word of God, letting him reveal himself to us. So Jeremiah chapter 31, let's start in verse 10. This is the prophet, of course, prophet Jeremiah speaking. And he says, hear the word of the Lord, O nations. So he's talking to a lot of people here. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles, in the islands afar off, and say this, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him, watch this now, as a shepherd does his flock. Now, right away, I hope you are eyes open looking for Jesus. He's saying, declare this, this is the word that he wants you to hear. Hear it in the nations. What's he saying by that? I want the whole world to hear this. I want the whole world to reverberate at the sound of this word that's coming out of this prophet. And really it's coming out of the heart and the mouth of God himself. Let's start again. Verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it in the islands afar off and say this, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his sheep. Verse 11, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming, he said, to the goodness of the Lord for wheat, new wine and oil for the young of the flock and the herd. Listen, their souls will be like a well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more at all. Oh, I can't wait to get back into this. Keep going. Verse 13 says, then the virgin or the the young girls, other translations say, "The the young ladies will rejoice in the dance, the young men and the old together. So you got every generation represented here, male and female, young and old, and they all just, just rejoicing at the goodness of God. They're all going to come together. They'll they'll rejoice in the dance. He says in this in verse 13, I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them. I will make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I like verse 14. I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. Come on, listen to me now. This is the word of the Lord. This is, this is God making a promise. I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. I'll listen to that again. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Satisfied with the goodness of the Lord. Oh, that's what I want to talk about today over the next several weeks on Legacy TV. We'll talk about being satisfied with the goodness of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I I already know a little bit about where we're headed. And I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you right now. It gets me so excited. Again, because I've been stuck in this for a while. So you might be ankle deep right now, but I'm inviting you just to come get covered up in this thing. Back up again 
We've already seen this a couple of times. He's declaring this word to the nations, to the entire world. He wants the whole world to, like we said, uh, feel the weight of what he's saying here. And the promise that he's making, he says he's going to gather Israel. He's going to keep him as a shepherd does his flock. Well, right away, I'm already seeing Jesus in this. Because wasn't it Jesus that identified himself to us in John chapter 10 and said, I am not just the shepherd, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus is not just the shepherd, he's the good one. And as a matter of fact, that's how the Weiss translation says it. The shepherd, the good one. That's how Jesus um, sort of distances himself from anyone else, any, any other thing that would try to have preeminence or take precedence in your life. Jesus is saying, look, everything else is that, but I am the good one. And I think sometimes we have to, I don't think it, I know it, we've got to renew our mind to what good actually is, is because it's one of those words we throw around regarding this, that, and everything else. This is good, that's good. This was a good movie, this was a good meal, and oh yeah, Jesus, you're good too. Come on, man, I'm, there has got to be a difference, right? The goodness of the dinner you had last night compared to the goodness of Jesus, those two things don't even belong in the same stratosphere with each other. I mean, they're just so totally different. But yet we use the same words to describe them. And that's why it's got to come back down to your own personal revelation of how good Jesus is, how good God is. And you have to be able to answer that question. How good is he? If he said he's good, he said it here, that his people are going to be rejoicing because of his good gifts. They're going to be satisfied with the goodness of God. Well, how good is God? I'm going to tell you something right now, and I'm getting way out ahead of myself, but listen, God is as good as you expect him to be. That's how good he is. God is as good as you believe him to be. That's why we have to develop our faith in the goodness of God. If we're ever going to be satisfied in the goodness of God, well, then our faith in his goodness has got to come up. So I think I'm on like part four already. Slow down. Let's come back to what we started with here. He said that he will gather us, keep Israel as a shepherd does his flock. Again, Jesus, our good shepherd. Verse 11 he says, the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. The Lord has redeemed Jacob, talking about the nation and the people of Israel. He's redeemed him, he said, and he's ransomed him from the one that was stronger than him. And I know you have to sort of renew your mind to something here because I know we're reading Old Testament but ask yourself, what is this a picture of? Don't, don't look at it and say, well, yeah, that's for those people. That was God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, Jacob, the people that came out of that. No, stop it. That's you. That's you and that's me. The New Testament tells us that we have been engrafted into that vine. We are that family. We are this people. And on top of that, this is nothing more than a picture, praise God, of what has happened to us and for us through Jesus. We have been redeemed. 
We have been ransomed and it all came through Jesus. So what I've done here in my notes and just in my own understanding, when I read this, I I choose to read it like this. The Lord has redeemed me and he has ransomed me from the hand of one that was stronger than, say it with me, me. Man, you gotta just put yourself in the scripture because he's writing to you what he wants to do for you. This is the goodness of God. And what I want to see happen in you, our television congregation, I wanna see your faith in the goodness of God come up. I wanna see your expectation of the goodness of God come up. I wanna see all of us, we should be living satisfied lives. And when that whole notion and concept of satisfaction is so, so completely elusive and ethereal to people. They think it can't be attained. There's no way to, to, to arrive at that. And yet they strive and they work and they try and they try and they try and still they can't get no satisfaction. Well, the people of God should be different. Amen. Our life, mine and yours, should look so totally different to the people who don't know God. And the biggest differences between us should not be our skin color. The biggest differences between us are not not race, not gender, not socioeconomic status, not any of these things. The biggest difference between two human beings is one that's born again and one that's not. And that difference should be night and day. Doesn't the scripture call us children of the day? We don't walk as children of the night, he said, I believe it's in 1 Thessalonians. He's saying, that's the kind of difference there should be between you and the rest of the world who does not have the involvement of God in their lives. It's a night and day difference. And nobody walks outside, looks up into the sky and sees that great big ball of fire burning up there and and says, hey, I wonder if it's night or day out here. You don't have to wonder that right? Because of the sun that's blazing in the sky, you know it's daytime. It's daytime. Man, you learn something every time you watch legacy TV, don't you? When the sun's up, it's daytime. When the sun goes to bed, it's nighttime. <laughs> this, is, this is simple stuff. And yet this should be the difference between people who know God, love God, know that they are loved by God. People who know Jesus are loved by Jesus have Jesus in their lives, and then people who don't. It's a night and day difference. And if the rest of this world can't attain to satisfaction, that same thing should not define us. We ought to be teaching people, here's how you live satisfied. And it's satisfied with the goodness of God. And we're gonna touch on all these things throughout the course of the next several weeks of Legacy Television. So don't miss any of this, but I have got to come back. When you're talking about the goodness of God, when you're talking especially about expecting the goodness of God, I'm gonna make a statement to you and we're gonna kind of use it as a springboard for where we need to go in this. But this is the way the Lord gave it to me today as I was praying over this. God, like I said to you a moment ago, is as good as you expect him to be. And what he will do for you, what he will do comes out of what he's already done. 
Let me say it to you like this. Whatever good that God wants to do for you, wills to do for you, is able to do for you, is only going to come out of the good that God has already done for you. Here's the reason I bring this up. If you look at this in Jeremiah chapter 11, or chapter 31, verse 11, it starts with saying, the Lord has redeemed you. The Lord has ransomed you. Both of those words mean just simply this. You have been bought and you have been paid for. Matter of fact, that's the title of this broadcast today. Bought and paid for. Because that's you. That's me. We have been bought and we have been paid for. And I'm such a such a nerd when it comes to these words and the words that we use. So many times the words that we use without thinking and these expressions bought and paid for, well, what's that mean? What means I bought something? Well, why would we say bought and why would we say and paid for? Couldn't you just say bought? Well, there's a difference between something that's been bought and something that's been paid for. Most, I dare say most all Americans and really people all over the world, those who have say bought a home, Many, 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 many people have bought it, but very few people have yet paid for it. What am I getting at here? There's a difference between buying something and having it totally paid for. When there's debt involved, yeah, you've bought it, but you hadn't paid for it yet. The reason I bring this out is because these words to be redeemed, to be ransomed, it means to be bought back, to be purchased and there is no debt. God owes no man anything. There's no debt on you. You were purchased. And I almost could say Jesus paid cash for you, but but it was so much more than cash. It was so much more. That's why the scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 that we were redeemed, not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious, incorruptible blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been bought and you have been paid for, which means he's totally yours which means you're totally his. You know, when you buy something, but you haven't yet paid for it, if you quit making payments, somebody can come take it away. I think maybe that's what I'm trying to get at here. Somebody can come take away from you something that, yeah, you might've bought it, but you didn't pay for it. And if you quit making those payments, somebody says, look, you don't own that. I still own it. And they come and they take it away. But you and me, praise God, we... I was looking at this last night, just letting this soak in me. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In other words, you've been bought, you've been paid for, and no devil in hell can undo that. Satan cannot come back and say, God, you didn't pay enough. Jesus, you didn't pay enough. No, 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 no. He paid, he bought, and he paid for you. Now, this verse goes on in Jeremiah chapter 31 to talk about the good things that God wants to do for his people, not just the people of the nation of Israel, but you and me, his people. Again, this whole thing ended with my people will be satisfied with my goodness. 
He says, they'll come in verse 12, they'll sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. The New Living Translation, we can put this on the screen for you, but it basically says they'll come radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. Radiant, radiant, like that deep theologian that said, if you're happy and you know it, then your face, come on, people who grew up in children's church, help me out, will surely show it. Radiant, it shows up on you. That's what, ha- that's what happens when you come into close contact with the goodness of God. It's, it's not a song in your heart, man. It's not a prayer in your heart. When it so profoundly affects your life, it gets in you and comes out of you and people can see it on you and they will be radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. The Lord's good gifts, what he wants to give. What were those good gifts? Wheat and new wine and oil, the young of the flock, the herd. And folks, listen to me. These are not, these are not proverbial sheep. These are not spiritual cows we're talking about here. Not everything is an analogy. <laughs> this is real wheat, real wine, real oil, real sheep, real herds. This is real provision for God's people. These are not spiritual cows, spiritual sheep, spiritual new wine. Those things are wonderful. And of course, you can draw parallels, absolutely. But don't be so spiritually dense that you limit the goodness of God to just something that takes place in you. Everything in God is supposed to be inside out, something going on in you, coming out of you. And like we talked about some weeks ago on the broadcast when Sarah and I were ministering to you together about the prosperous soul, this, this prosperity going on in you is supposed to find its way out and begin to show up in your life. And that's the goodness of the Lord. But listen to me. You've got to hear this before I wrap this up. You've got to hear this. Whatever good God will do for you comes out of the good he's already done. It requires a revelation of the good thing he's already done for you to have faith in him to do anything else good in your life. What am I saying to you? Whatever it is you need, whatever it is you lack right out right now, whatever it is you've been praying about, seeking God for, whatever insufficiency there's been, what I'm telling you to do is go back and rejoice in and meditate on the good thing that he's already do, already done. And if you've got to go all the way back to the cross where he redeemed you and ransomed you, if you've got to go all the way back to the death, hell, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then go back there because that, that is the good thing he did for you. And whatever good things you're believing for, those things will come out of the good thing, singular, that God did for you in and through Jesus. The good gifts come out of the good gift of Jesus, our good shepherd. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.